The new economic numbers are out, and they look pretty good, but only time will tell if they're actually that great. Joe Biden finally makes an admission and needs to take 10 days vacation uh, on a beach in Delaware to recover from that admission. And now we have statistics that prove California and New York really suck. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. And I'm back, back from our trip to Mexico. Well, our trip to Mexico did not go. We, we were supposed to go to Cancun for eight days, seven days, and it didn't go. It didn't happen. Uh, we got to Cancun. The flight was absolutely terrible. And the first day we got, we were sitting in the hotel room and we got word that Josie lost her brother. So we ended up flying back from Cancun to uh, San Diego and then drove to San Luis in Mexico um, to prepare for his funeral and then go to his funeral. It was not a, this is not exactly, this is supposed to be a honeymoon trip. It did not work out, obviously. Um, Everyone's kind of miserable right now. And it's just, you know, it's a sad thing. This weekend, we spent a lot of time, and drugs were involved, so you can imagine it brought up a lot of wounds. There was a lot of talk of religion this weekend, um, which is a good thing. You know, it's just a very sad weekend. So do me a favor, if you if you will, pray for my wife, her family, and their brother. Um, I'd appreciate it. Okay, so... It's been a while. I wasn't even sure I was going to do a podcast today because we do have a lot going on. But I decided let's go for it and let's get to, then <laughs> boy, I've missed quite a bit. So let's get to our dumbass of the day. And guess what? What a shocker. The top spot is reclaimed. <laughs> You know, you knew it wasn't going to be really all that long before Kamala Harris decided to jump in and take over the top spot for dumbass of the day. And especially since the election's coming and she's going to be doing a lot more talking. Well, here she is. She is discussing, and I don't know where it is, she's discussing criminal justice reform. And I guess she's asked how things are going to be fixed and the genius that she is she comes up with an answer that is again like a kid who's being asked about what a book is about but the kid never read the book and she's going off and of course she's looking down like searching for the words and her hands are are moving around uh trying to distract from the fact that she has no freaking idea what she's talking about so let's listen to this and it includes what we need to do, for example, with the, the, the pipeline. And that is about restructuring and thinking about how we restructure, how we think about what causes people to enter the system and addressing those things. Did you get that? We need to restructure by thinking about restructuring on the pipeline so that we know about those things. You could not even tell what she was talking about. If it weren't for the fact I gave you the context, you'd have no 
idea what she's talking about. This gal, yes, that's going to be your president. And she's working hard. She's out there. Her staff is out there. She's wor- And by the way, she had the question. She knows what they're asking her. And this is the best answer she could come up with. Do you think for a second Kamala Harris goes in front of the public and starts talking without actually knowing what they're going to ask her first? She knows what the questions are going to be. And this is the best answer she could come up with. And she, hey, be prepared. There's going to be a lot of Kamalaisms coming up. A lot of them. Because she really wants Joe Biden to run again. She really wants Joe Biden to win. And she really wants to be president. Because if Joe Biden wins in 2024, and I think there's maybe a 50% chance he even runs. If he runs in 2024 and he wins... She will be president. I got. I got to tell you, I'm even shocked she's not president now. I can't believe Joe Biden has actually lasted three years. Okay, so that's our dumbass of the day. But we do have a we do have a conciliatory prize, and I just wanted to play this because it really shows the hate that is in this country. Now, Scott Adams, who does does the Dilbert cartoons, Scott Adams has said that there is so much hate by the black community that white people should just move out of the black communities. They should just stay away from them and we should form our own communities and that's it. And just stay separate because there is no way there's ever going to be peace. There's ever going to be happiness with certain segments of the black population. And he was condemned for this. He Dilbert was pulled from every newspaper in the country. Because of what he said. And the fact is, if you read what he actually said, he just said, hey, if they hate us, stay away from us. I, I couldn't agree more. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Why would an individual put himself in the position that he's going to be with people that hate him? Well, you wouldn't, right? You wouldn't. Well, this guy says something like this, and I don't know who he is, okay? And mind you, he, he goes off big time here. Uh, so there is a lot of F-bombs being dropped. But he's got a pure opinion about white people. He's a black guy, dreadlocks, the whole thing. He looks unstable. But this, believe it or not, is becoming... This attitude that this guy throws is becoming more common within the black community. Now, mind you, it's becoming more common in the black community. I still think it's a, it's an extreme minority I don't think a lot of people believe this. As a matter of fact, I've only met one black guy who thinks like this guy thinks. And he doesn't think quite like this guy thinks. He believes in discrimination. He believes in segregation. He's black. Okay, and but he will have a debate with me. He is not that this off the rails like this guy. But this guy's gone uh, viral on the internet. Let's listen to what he's got to say. I really had enough of this whole life, so I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Fuck every white man, woman, and child alive on this planet. All of you motherfuckers need to die. All of you do. We need to go for a global recessive genetic purge by any means necessary. Every last one of you white man, woman, and child on this planet need to die. Now there are three things I want to point out here. First off, um, this used to be called, I don't know, genocide, and one of the countries everyone likes to point out, point to when it comes to genocide. 
And by the way, there were lots of countries that did this, but the Nazis. Nazi Germany. Hitler. Now, I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. I have yet to be called... I have yet to say anything that would be Hitler-esque or Nazi-esque, except that I disagree with people, and then they call me Nazis. They call me a Nazi, and I've heard it I on Twitter. You hear it all the time. Okay, this is Nazi-esque. Eliminate all white people. And that brings me, it, it, just pure gen. this is pure genocide. This is the call for pure genocide. And I don't understand why people don't look at this, why this individual here, who's probably not mentally stable in the first place, he's this guy probably doesn't have a job, slings drugs everywhere, and the only thing job he has is to go on TikTok and say shit like this. But these people are completely unaware of what they're saying is genocidal. The other thing that really bothers me about this is it, it really does put all white people into the same basket. I'm sick and tired. I don't consider myself white. I consider myself an American with Irish and German heritage. And by the way, all whites aren't the same. For example, the United States was started by English, British. I have no British in me. That's not true. I have some British. But the reality is it was started Irish, Germans... Jews, um, Italians, were not treated the same as the British were, or the French. So to sit there and say all white people are the same is just not true. There were as many Irish and German indentured servants back in the 1700s as there were black. As a matter of fact, a lot of, a lot of Irish were considered slaves. This is not... To, to put white people all into the same basket like this asshole does is just wrong. And it shows a real misunderstanding of the way the world actually works. And finally, the last thing's less. Why are you here? Why are you here? This is something I hear all the time from, from people I debate. Well, you know, white people are terrible. The United States is terrible because it's all white people, which it's not. I mean... The United, heck, heck, white people are not even the best suited in the United States. It's actually Asians and Indians. Asians and Indians make more money than white people in the United States. Okay, Asian, Indians, Asians and Indians own the most businesses in the United States. It is not white people. And by the way, black people are not the most people in prison. It's actually white people. There are more white people in prison than there are black people by a long shot. Okay. The question is, why is it 13% of the population representing 24% of the of population in prisons? Well, is it because of the white man? No. If it was because of the white man, there'd be a lot higher than 24%. And it's not. The question is here, is why are these people here? I've had debates with people and they've always said, well... I would rather, in Africa would be a lot better place to live. Well, then go to Africa. No one in the United States is keeping you in the United States. You can leave. If you hate white people that much, leave. And finally, why would I want to live with this guy? In the same neighborhood with this guy. And don't think that in the neighborhood that this guy lives in, he's the only one that thinks like this. Scott Adams was thrown, lost his livelihood because... Uh, he condemned this mentality and said we needed to stay away from this mentality. 
Is this the type of... This guy wants you to die. He wants genocide. He wants DNA destroyed that, that has anything to do with the white race. Which, again, the white race, that's really kind of a big thing there. I mean, to encompass or conflate all people who have the same color skin as the same type of people is just... It's racist is what it is. So, good for him. You know, just keep proving our point here. All right. So, the economy. We got some news about the economy. And I'm going to tell you something, and I'm a conservative. I don't like Joe Biden. I don't like what the Joe, what Joe Biden's administration is doing to our economy. But there is some good news. Okay? Sort of. There is some good news. Um, so, we're going to give him the props. We're not sure where this is all going because as I talk about the economy, I'm gonna throw some I'm gonna throw some curveballs in there and tell you that maybe this news report ain't great. Okay. So let's take a look. Okay, so so first off, so here's let's get through the good news first. The unemployment rate remains at three point six percent. Now we will get the July numbers on Friday, because right now it's the 31st, so the July numbers aren't even out, but it remains strong at 3.6%. That's good. All right. Let, let's, let's accept that. I won't even tell you what's wrong with that number, but right now let's take into that. The inflation rate has dropped to 3.2%. This is good. Again, we'll get to the negatives of a 3.2% inflation rate. Remember, it used to be 9.5%. And at some points, it was at 10%. So that's good. Let, let's cruise on that. On That's good. Wages are higher. All right. Um, they're not really higher, but we're going to say, okay, wages are higher. All right. I mean, this is something the Biden administration is touting. So let's just go with that. Wages are higher. All right, whatever. And gross domestic product, GDP, which is important, is at 2.4%. That's really good. Kind of. Okay, again, just the positives. So if you look at this, a 3.6 inflation rate, a three unemployment rate, a 3.2 inflation rate down from 9%, wages are higher, and a GDP of 2.4%, that's a good economy. All right. That's that's a solid economy. If this was happening month after month after month, that would be a solid economy. Okay. And the the stock market is very happy. It's up around 35 to 30 35 to 36,000. So it's going up. Everything everything on the outside looks great. All right. Now, I'm going to be I'm going to play. So congratulations to the Biden administration. We'll we'll give them this. We'll give them this. It's not all good news. Here's the reality. It's not all good news. So let's go to inflation. First things first. Inflation, it's still at 3.2%. Yes, it's gone down from 10%, but it's at 3.2%. That is still twice as high as it should be. And let's not forget, because they like to, to point to Trump. Trump's inflation rate was at 1.4%. It needs to be at 2%, and that's still the high end of inflation. Basically, it's between 1.5 and 1 and 2% inflation is what it's supposed to be. Okay. 
Now, the other problem with inflation is that, one, why would the inflation rate be going down? One, they've been raising interest rates. That should be a big worry for you, okay? Because on July 28th, they knew about all this data, the Fed. Biden's Fed knew about all this data, and they still raised the, the interest rate 25 uh, points, okay? So they still raised it, which means the Fed doesn't think inflation is going down fast enough, and they don't think that 3.2% is stable. Not to mention, the, the other problem here is that it may not be the interest rates that's lowering inflation. It may be the supply chain crisis is actually healing. So once the supply chain crisis heals, they're going to be able to meet supply and demand. But the big problem is um, the demand may stay up there and may actually end up going down and then supply will overdo it. See, here's the problem with the Biden administration. They infuse so much money into the economy, right? Giving demand a lot of muscle. But the supply chain couldn't keep up. So inflation went up. Now, supply and demand has balanced out because the supply chain has fixed. All right, so they're about even. Here's the problem. Eventually, that money that the Biden administration has been pumping into the economy is going to run out. People are, their saving accounts are going to go down again. And what will happen is demand will go down again. And then supply and demand, so there will be more supply than demand. And then supply and demand will be out of balance again. Now, when you have too much supply and not enough demand, what do you have? Stagnant Stagnation. Okay, you have stagnation. People are not putting it in. You'll see that in the GDP numbers. We'll get to GDP in just a second. So raising of the interest rates also has other problems thrown into it. Okay, and apparently they're so worried about inflation, they're still raising the interest rates. The other problem is um, a housing crisis. Houses are basically unaffordable right now because if you're paying 7 8%, uh, if you have great credit, you're still paying 6.25% interest rates. You're paying basically all interest when you make your mortgage payments and not much into the principal. And this is a huge problem people are having right at this moment before they raised interest rates and they just raised them again. So this is not good. And this is going to affect all big ticket items like cars. I mean, cars now, the average, we talked about this last week or the week before. Cars are now, the average car is $35,000. You, you can't, 5% of the cars in the car market are, are under $30,000. 0.5% are under $20,000. It's becoming impossible to buy a car because they are so expensive. And they're expensive partly because of the interest rates, partly because of the supply chain crisis. So be prepared to see a crisis when a, and this crisis is going to be comparable to 2008 with the housing crisis. We're looking at that right now. Okay. The other problem with continually raising interest rates is you've made money expensive. So businesses who some businesses rely on loans to keep their businesses afloat until they can turn a profit are not going to be able to actually 
get those loans because they can't afford those loans, which means they're going to have to lay off workers, which means they're going to have to lower businesses, which means they're going to have to cut services, which means they are going to, again, the demand, the supply is going to be risen again. This isn't good. This isn't good at all. And of course, we still there are still some things about inflation that are not mixed into that pie. First off, energy is still going up. Right now, there, there was an article this weekend I was reading where gas prices have gone a shot up again. Now, I haven't seen it in California, which isn't a shock because California, the gas prices are through the roof already. Okay, but gas prices have gone up. Electricity has gone up. Gas, not um, natural gas, has gone up. So that is part of inflation. That is not mixed into the bowl when it comes to the inflation rate. That is not there. Regulations are not fixing any of these problems. The Biden administration keeps dumping more and more regulations. One of the regulations they put in last week was actually making it that leasing land to drill oil they have cut that down. So right off the bat, gas prices, energy prices are going to go up again because of more regulations that the Biden administration keeps putting out. And forget about the fact that the Biden administration also wants to get rid of gas stoves. They put in a new regulation last week that, that creates it that we will all be forced to drive electric cars by 2035. And okay, I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, all of these regulations they're dumping is just creating, inflating the economy. It's not fixing anything. Guess car prices are not going down because of these regulations. They're going up. And then another big problem with inflation that they don't talk about is this is year-over-year inflation. So yeah, it's at 3.2%. That's great. It was at 10%. But here's what people don't tell you. If you spent $1 on a widget back in 2021... There was 5% inflation, so that widget went from $1 to $1.05. And then the next year, it went up. July of the next year, it went up 9% because that's what inflation was. So right off the bat, that widget went from $1 to $1.05 to now $1.14, or $1.15 technically. And then that widget went up another 3%, so it went up another to about $1.20. Inflation's gone up 20%. This is year-over-year year inflation. It's not like it went up 3% from 2021. It went up 5%, then 9%, and then up another 3%. This is a terrible thing. Okay, the GDP numbers. Okay, the GDP, I think, is... is I think the GDP is a good number. I like that number. I'd like to see GDP between 2 and 4%. Now, under Trump, the GDP in all four years that he was there, it raised about 28 to 3% a year. So GDP was always up. Here's the problem with GDP. GDP is only looking at what people are spending. Gross domestic product. So if, if everybody spends a little bit more every month, the GDP goes up. Okay. It doesn't, what it doesn't talk about is innovation. So, for example, you've got a company that makes widgets. Widgets require wood, they require screws, and they require rubber. 
What GDP doesn't look at is that that business that makes that widget has to buy that wood, that rubber, and those screws. The question is, are those companies, in order to meet the demand, actually buying that product? Well, the GDP is going up because we know inflation is up, so, so demand is higher than supply. So there's more demand out there. The good news is supply chain is getting bit fixed, and, and now there, the supply is there for the demand. Here's the problem. Is the supply actually buying the stuff that they need to meet the demand? And the answer is no. This is something that's been around for about 30 years. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it's something about, um, I, I'd have to look it up. But that is not going up. That is flat. And this is where the problem comes to play. What happens when demand overshoots, uh, supply overshoots demand? You have stagnation. Right now, a lot of supply, which is the corporations that are making the, uh, creating the services or the product, they're not creating the services or product. They already had them. And now people are just buying them. And there's an artificial balance. That balance eventually is going to run out. The people who purchase things, which is the demand, are eventually going to run out of money and that's going to go down. And meanwhile, the corporations that make the product and services, the supply, is going to have excess supply and that's going to go up and suddenly you've got stagnation. Then you've got corporations that aren't making the service, aren't making the product because there's no reason. There's nobody buying it. So you're looking at stagnation. That's as bad. And then you'll see the GDP numbers go down. GDP numbers will go down in that case. And you'll see negative GDP. So again, you've got to take these numbers. If we had 3% GDP raise for six, seven months, that'd be fantastic. But seeing GDP up from one month, that's not a thing. Okay, we need to see that for six months. We need to see that for a year. And that affects unemployment too. Unemployment's at 3.6%. That's great. Um, there are a couple problems with the unemployment numbers, and you've heard me say this before. Most people, a lot of people, and matter of fact, more than ever in history, are working two jobs. They're working two jobs. So those affect the unemployment numbers. So my stepdaughter works two jobs. Well, according to the unemployment numbers, that's two new jobs. It's not that she, one individual has a job. It's one individual has two jobs. And what this doesn't also take, which means people can't keep up because of inflation. That's the other problem with the wage growth thing. Oh, wages have gone higher. Wages have not gone higher. Inflation has gone down. So it's like you have more money in your pocket. Wages have stagnated. As a matter of fact, they've gone down. So none of this stuff that Joe Biden is touting is true. $15 an hour without a 10% inflation is worth far less than $10, $15 an hour at 3% inflation. You have more money in your pocket because you're not spending as much on a stake. It, wages aren't up. Inflation is down. The other problem with this is the interest rates. Jobs are going to go away if the interest rates keep going up because businesses cannot afford the loans to keep the employees hired. This is something that economists thought was going to hit us a long time ago. It just never did. And that's, that's a good thing. 
But the question is, is it going to hit us? Chances are, yeah, it's going to. So this, this, this unemployment rate is up artificially. These numbers don't work out. And then finally, something that they never talk about. This isn't even in the report. Are people that never went back to work. I know a lot of people that never went back to work. They lost their job and they just said, F it. And they just never went back. I'm one of them. I retired. I said, screw it. I'm not even going to bother with this anymore. And then finally, the biggest problem on our economy is our debt. Now, I know Joe Biden keeps saying that he's cut the national debt by $1.7 trillion, I think is the word he's saying. He has not cut the national debt at $1.7 trillion. That has not happened. He has not done that. The national debt when he took office, I think, was around $27 trillion. The national debt right at this moment, and I'm looking at the U.S. debt clock, is at $32,671,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000
Uh, and that includes left-wing outlets like the New York Times, who are basically propaganda wings for the Democratic Party. According to the Daily Wire, President Joe Biden finally addressed and acknowledged his seventh grandchild in a Friday night news dump exclusive with People magazine after four years of refusing to do so. Now, before you get excited, first off, Joe Biden decided to leak this, release this to People magazine? I'm sorry, is, when did People magazine become a legitimate news outlet? And notice he didn't go to New York Times. That's because New York Times ripped him last week about this whole thing. They said that it is inhumane to not acknowledge your seventh grandchild. So, And then don't get excited. It's not like he sat with People magazine and had a conversation. He didn't. He sent them a statement. So here's the statement. This is what he stated. Quote, Our son, Hunter, and Navy's mother, London, are working together to foster a relationship that is in the best interest of their daughter, preserving her privacy as much as possible going forward. You have to, remem- you have to remember, there were some fairly contentious legal proceedings between Navy's parents happening until just a few weeks ago. As grandparents, the Bidens are following Hunter's lead. They are and have been giving Hunter and London the space and time to figure things out. Oh, okay, what a bullshit statement. First off, um, as grandparents, they're the ones that are supposed to be guiding Hunter here. If you're letting Hunter lead, let's be honest. Hunter's sense of, sense of responsibility, Hunter's sense of choice, the decisions that Hunter's been making haven't been great. If they were great, he wouldn't have knocked up a hooker when he wouldn't have knocked up a stripper and gotten her pregnant making this kid in the first place. So really leaving it to Hunter, probably not a great idea. Second off, they're not leaving this alone because Hunter told told them to. By the way, to show you how great Hunter's uh, decision-making is. Um, Hunter is living at the White House because he's homeless. Okay, so he's not doing well. But to sit back and say that we're going we're gonna to let Hunter make the decision, no, that's not what grandparents do. Right is right, wrong is wrong. You sit there and you acknowledge that kid. During Christmas, they had a, a stocking for the effing dog. They didn't have a stocking for this London. And if I were the grandparent... The last thing I would do is withhold my name from this child. And that's what Hunter Biden did. This Instead, he gave him some of the bullshit paintings that he makes to sell the, Chine, the Chinese so that he can make money. So basically laundering, money laundering. No, all of this, this statement is all bullshit. The reason he's doing this is because his poll numbers are getting, he looks like a, a freaking monster. Doing what they're doing, he looks like a monster. Even Maureen Dowd of the New York Times sat back and said, you look like a monster. The, uh, the statement finishes, this is not a political issue, it's a family matter. Jill and I want for the best for our grandchildren, including Navy. Again, bullshit. It is completely a political issue. Because the fact of the matter is, Hunter Biden still doesn't want this kid anywhere near his name, doesn't want to acknowledge this kid, that hasn't changed. The reason they're sitting back and acknowledging this kid right now 
is simply because um, this kid has become a po political liability. Hunter has become a political liability. And Hunter may become a political liability more. Today, Kevin Archer, who is Hunter Biden's uh, business partner, is testifying in front of Congress. And apparently, he's got some bombshells about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And how Hunter Biden made $17.5 million from Chinese, from uh, Romanian, from Mexican, from Russian, and from Ukrainian sources. Going to be really interesting. It's closed door, which shouldn't be a shock. Because we can't, you know, actually do this in public. Where people actually want to see the corruption. Joe Biden may be facing impeachment. He should be impeached. And I would like to see the Democrats defend him. He may be facing impeachment. And if, at worst, he's going to have to answer these questions. He's going to have to answer these questions. Where did this money come from? How, are you, how do you own four mansions on a senator's salary? Don't forget, Joe Biden was making $100,000 a year. He's making a total of a million. How has he owned four mansions? He's going to have to explain why Hunter Biden sent a text message to his sister saying that I'm paying all of, of dad's bills. Well, why are you paying all of dad's bills and where'd you get the money for that? And the big guy thing. You're going to have to explain all this shit. Because now there's multiple Hunter Biden uh, partners who are now saying the big guy was Joe Biden. And Joe Biden was receiving money. And the reason Hunter got rich and then lost it all on drugs and hookers is because of Joe Biden's name. Yeah, he's going to have to answer those questions. All right. Well, here's a surprising story. Um, I, and when I say it's a surprising story, it's not. According to Fox News, New York and California experienced the largest loss in tax income from migration of any states in the country as residents fled the deep blue havens in droves. According to a new study also found that Texas and Florida got the biggest IRS tax benefits from people moving to those states. MyEListing.com, this is from Fox News, mind you, and this is a big thing because Fox News kind of doesn't, kind of covers for this a little bit, which is weird. MyEListing.com, an online real estate portal, conducted a study of IRS migration data and found that California lost more than 340 million in 2021 IRS tax revenue due to residents moving. Despite its new quote, despite its numerous attractions from the booming tech industry and world-class universities to its beautiful landscapes and cultural richness, California's high personal income tax rates seem discouraging for many high wealth individuals, end quote. My e-listing wrote in its analysis, quote, this coupled with the high, state's high cost of living will likely fuel a wealth migration out of California, end quote. You know, California and New York have always had a high cost of living. Always. Okay. Um, there are other things involved that no one is talking about. Not to mention... They basically say there are, um, you know, they've lost $340 million. Guess how much Florida has made? Over $600 million in additional tax income. So Florida, which actually cut their tax income, cut their taxes. Same with Texas. Now they've almost tripled their income. Hmm. 
Maybe California and New York should take a look at Florida and find out why theirs have gone up. Why uh, Florida's has gone up and Texas has gone up and Tennessee's has gone up, but they're continuing to lose. And maybe Fox News should take a little bit more of a look at what the problems are in California and New York and not just say, oh, it's high tax and high, high, uh, standard, high uh, cost of living, because it's not. The article continues... From January 2020 to July 2022, the state lost well over a half a million people, with the number of residents leaving surpassing those moving by almost 700,000. The U-Haul Growth Index, which measured more than 2 million one-way trips last year, found that California ranked last on the index as demands for trucks out of the Golden State spiked. As a matter of fact, try buying yourself a uh, U-Haul out of the state. It costs thousands now. Because they don't have enough trucks. Because so many are leaving for Texas and for Florida. Meanwhile, if you're driving from Florida to Texas, it costs $100. They're just trying to get their trucks back here. So you're talking between 2 and 3 million people have left California. Absolutely incredible. I bet you you know at least one family that's moved out of California. I can tell you, I know probably seven or eight families that have moved out of California because it sucks so badly. Now, one of the things Fox News kind of glazes over, skips over, are all the problems that are wrong with New York and California. Again, the high taxes and high cost of living have always been built into California and New York. They, don't, they kind of gloss over the homeless crisis, the crime crisis, the mental health issues, the open drug markets, the regulations that make it almost impossible to start or maintain a business, the high energy prices, the regulations on people, all this bullshit that you hear about gas stoves being banned, water heaters being banned, air conditioners being banned, heaters being banned, Gas cars being banned. That's all in California and New York. California's made it. We will not have gas cars by 2030. That trucks that are driving on the freeways have to be made after 2010. Biden administration is trying to make it that the average truck has to have a gas mileage of 50 plus in order to drive on the country roads. Regulations are killing everything in these states and in the country, and they keep doing it. Not to mention, let's not forget, California is trying to cut off your son's balls, cut off your daughter's tits. They're indoctrinating. Our kids are not learning dick in California schools unless they go to a private school or they're being um, homeschooled. They're trying to kill religious institutions. During COVID, they were throwing priests and ministers into jails. They're trying to take away every right you have. They're trying to take away free speech, free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association. They're trying to take away your Second Amendment rights. And they're doing a damn good job of it. Yes, we, we're lucky. We have the Supreme Court that's kind of controlling them, but it's not working completely. I mean, we're moving out of next year. Six months, we're moving out of California. We're getting the fuck out of this state. Because it's a terrible state. 
Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Uh, I hope you guys have a great day. Love you all and God bless. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.